What is up, everybody? Welcome to this Trainwreck Sports Podcast, where we are here to pay the bills. As always, joined by my co-host, Mike Partham. Back again this week, Joe Cons, And back again, our one of our recurring guests, one of our favorite guests at Circle of the Wagons, Kyle. Fellas, it's a victory Thursday. How are we feeling? I feel like we didn't so much win this game as we survived it. It was a very bizarre week coming in. It was a very bizarre ending to it, too. So I didn't, I wasn't jovial so much as I was relieved. I don't know how you gentlemen feel. How about you, Cons? Uh, you know, McDermott still struggles to manage a clock in crucial situations. So I'm, I'm still, uh, I don't mean to be that guy, but um, <laughs> I just have this feeling that within the next few games, we're going to be in the same situation that we were, where it's fourth quarter and we're got a minute and a half left in the game and, you know, nobody knows what's going on because we wasted a timeout trying to ice a kicker or figuring out Kodak, a yeah, Kodak moment. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's our Kodak moment. I don't mean to be a pessimist, but this is the issue with this team. That's the Achilles heel. Yeah, like no. Alan said, a win's a win. You know, we got to move on yeah. to next week. We it doesn't matter how much we win by, how much we lose by. A win's a win. A loss is a loss. It's been a crazy year, and this is another game that could have gone either way, but. Luckily, something went our way for once, you know, so like, yeah, we won. Yeah, McDermott helped the defense win in the final drive, but it could have easily went the other way. They could have easily not made that call. There's Chiefs fans obviously spamming Twitter with millions of pictures of how many wide receivers line up like that and don't get called. So we got lucky on this one and it was a huge win that we needed, but it doesn't feel like it was a major improvement like week over week or anything. Yeah. You know? Not to mention pictures of receivers, uh, Tony himself in that very same game from, <laughs> from the first play. And listen, 
I love you, Mike. If if that if that penalty had been called, would we have even noticed it? No, honestly, no. But I say that everybody's offsides every play of the game. So everybody <laughs> holds every play. Everybody right. pass interferences every play of every game. I'm looking for a reason every time to complain about something. I'll tell you that. Hmm. That's one thing we can all agree upon. We're always <laughs> looking for something to complain. We can about all here. agree that uh, the call was technically correct. And Patrick Mahomes, at least for that brief uh, day or whatever, was a whiny little bitch. <laughs> hey. Coming in hot, bro. Wow. I mean, he admits it. At least he apologized for it. He took it all back. Um, Alan said he reached out to him and said, he says, hey, everything's good. You're just a competitor in the moment. I'm, I'm surprised we haven't seen a new, like, uh, Tickle Me Elmo doll, like a Tickle Me Mahomes doll that makes, like, crying. Uh, 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 some new, like, Buffalo business coming out with some Mahomes crying doll when you squeeze them. I, I wouldn't be surprised. If if the Bills wanted to be petty, they would have sent a box of tissues to Kansas City. Uh, fans actually did, I think. Yeah, oh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, yeah, that, you you want to know what's crazy about that? We can't even get people to donate toilet paper routinely, but people will send it to Patrick Mahomes. It's crazy. <laughs> it's where we live. That's what we do. It's, it's something. It was one of the most bizarre. Like, if you watch Mahomes for how many years, it was the last thing I was expecting was to see if him being held back by teammates trying to yell at a ref at the end of that game. Uh Baffling. You think it about it, crazy. he was essentially born into the NFL on third base. Well, that, that's a baseball analogy. He was basically born in the red zone in the NFL. He comes in <laughs> with Andy Reid and all these – he comes into a 12-4 and 14 that does, just doesn't have its quarterback yet. He's never played a road playoff game. He's a perennial AFC championship host. So, like, what's he ever had to, you know, complain about or had – he's never had adversity. He's never had a drought-like adversity like we hardened Bills fans have. Yeah, or – or not having to throw to Robert Foster uh, and, you know, whoever else you want. I don't even remember any other receivers. Andre Holmes. My head. Andre, yeah, exactly. Andre Holmes and just these misfit toys of receivers that Josh Allen started his career with. Now he got had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and all these weapons all over the field. You're right. And I think that's the biggest thing, you know, the thing to remember about these guys and just legacy talk, whenever I hear, like, I, Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks I've ever watched in my entire life. One of the best quarterbacks I've ever watched in my entire life. They are 27 years old. If they're going to be defined by what they are at 27 years old, this 27 year old is really scared about what my, the rest of my life is going to look like. So I'm hoping that for all of us of various ages and people watching this podcast, you can grow beyond 27, 37, 57. We can't just define these two for the first six years of their career. And Mahomes is finding out what real life in the NFL is like. Is what This is what shit's like. And yes, they won the Super Bowl last year and they – could very well win the Super Bowl this year. They also got bailed out in that Super Bowl by one of the worst holding calls in the in the history I've ever, of the NFL that I've ever seen. And we'd be talking a lot different about Patrick Mahomes if they lost that game, wouldn't we? If they were one and two in the Super Bowl, like I feel like he gets a lot more credit. And they were in the position in that game. I mean, don't get me wrong. And this is no hating on Mahomes' legacy talk, but it's more just like. Everybody's made these defi- these definitive claims about Mahomes because he's had such a great start. But like you said, Mike, they were set up pretty damn perfectly when he walked in. And this is the first year where they have not been set up. They don't have weapons playing, you know, higher than their expectation for them. Kelsey has looked slower and more hampered and potentially distracted by 
were the biggest pop star in the world. The <laughs> offensive line has had issues this year. Like they've been solid, but they're not great. And I think that that whole moment, Mike, was just the culmination of a, a frustra- year of frustrations and also probably a lot of Kadarius Tony because that man seems impossible to play football with. Don't throw it to stone hands. I keep remembering that phrase from necessary roughness. And they, they it has to be going through their minds right now. Um, yeah, it, they, they're they going through. What are they now? Eight and four? Eight and At, five. Eight, eight and five. And lost three in a row. Imagine being an eight and five p- team and that being your tough season. But then again, we're, uh, what, seven and six now? And this is our <laughs> tough season for our generational quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I I, I got to say, like you know, Mike Mike's coming in on a heater here. He's just he's just he's like butter. He's like on a is. roll, man. He's just like, <laughs> I just I keep looking over and everybody's just. I mean, Mike, you got it. You hit the nail on the head, man. It's like, you you win a football game. All this stuff happens after. First of all, all this stuff happens before. Then all this stuff right. happens after, and you're trying to like decompress and figure out what just happened. And then it's like, we won, but it was kind of like, ugh. like it was weird. I don't know. It was a weird well, win. I'll tell you what, I definitely felt like a hater the whole fourth quarter. I'm sitting here with my girlfriend watching this game. And I, I tweet I think I tweeted it out. I was like, here it comes. The, here's the masterclass. Here comes the four-point Bills loss. Because like you said, that is 100% what I thought was going to happen. And the thing is, they were that close to it literally happening. Not saying that Allen couldn't have gotten down the field in that minute and 17 and scored a touchdown. But what would we all have been – I mean, you could see it on Allen's face. They kept yes. showing him on the sidelines. And I'm like, oh, my yes. God. This man is traumatized. He's seeing, like, all of these losses again over in his head. It's crazy. Um, I don't know. A minute left. Are you sure Allen couldn't have gotten down – could have gotten down Oh, I field? think he could or would have. Or would his coach have downed the ball and gotten to overtime? <laughs> or, or they would have scored with, you know, 15 or so seconds. and then Yeah, too soon, right? Scores. Yeah. <laughs> when the bills are losing i'll tell you that i'm <laughs> coaching like a mother you know i'm just like oh yeah well and if i was playing men i wouldn't have did this come on you know <laughs> like what are you doing like mcdermott throw a challenge flag once in a while on some of these plays and you know like no don't throw a challenge flag that. we've seen him do that about what you need to do next like sometimes it just doesn't make sense like i I just don't understand it. It's not like this is his first year coaching, you know, and like I think he, he just uh, he just passed to be like second overall in wins in franchise history. He's like he's doing a great job, but he definitely could be better. We could be better. And that seems yeah. like the moral of the team is like Does we're doing it, good, we've been good, but we can be better. But like what do we need to make that next step? Does it feel like they're winning in spite of him rather than because of him? hey there's no reason i can understand why we win or lose my only hope was after the like after the article comes out and he's and like essentially once that article comes out however you feel about it it's like pulling back the curtain on the wizard of oz the emperor has no clothes anymore so maybe you would hope i would hope it shocks him into oh, they actually see what I'm actually doing. I better change it up so I don't justify the article. So maybe don't take that Kodak timeout and don't, you know, rely on your defense to close out the game, which they did for once, actually, by the skin of their teeth, mind you. But, hey, props to the defense. I, I just – I got to say one thing here real quick that that you bring up a very good point. I, I still think it's hilarious that, I, you know, teams have won – in spite of their coach, but I really just don't think this team is like interconnected in any way. 
like players can say all they want about like, oh, I have a great relationship with the coach. There's no way. Like, there's I just feel like there's no way the offense goes out with the defense like they used to. Like the defense mm-hmm. goes like it just doesn't feel that way to me. However, I think that Josh Allen is such a good person when it comes to handling these situations in the sense of he's been through it. And, you know, when we see him on the sideline where he's not pouting, but he's kind of like disappointed, that's his way of handling things. And I just think when Josh came out and said, I got a great relationship with coach. Sure. Because think about this for a second. And I'm a theory guy. If McDermott gets fired, what coach is going to want to come coach for Josh Allen? If he says this guy sucks. So I think Josh does a very good job and maybe he does like coach, but I think he does a very good job of understanding a, I'm 27. I'm in my prime. If we lose McDermott and I have to get a new coach, I have to be smart about the way that I operate within the media. That's the way I see it. And everyone's going to tweet and say, oh, Conzie's on only one of his high horses. But no, it's truly <laughs> really how I feel about it. I mean, if Josh Allen were to mother F uh, Sean McDermott out of the blue, even then I would think an offensive coach out there would just be salivating at the chance to work with a generational talent. Sure. Freak athlete like this. Like saying, oh, this, def- this defensive coach didn't appreciate them. I know what I can do. I'll Frankenstein this offense and I'll turn him into, you know, the next level of just unbelievable alien athlete. Sure. Yeah, I think these guys are all nervous about, you know, if I say something bad or something happens to McDermott, you know, who could we get? And they're thinking about like the downside of it and the glass like half empty instead of like, who could we get? And maybe something could change for the better. And a lot of these guys haven't played for anybody but McDermott. You know, like Allen hasn't really played for anybody else. A lot of these guys don't know what it could be like to play for somebody else. And, you know, how many teams bring in a new coach and he just calls a lot of different stuff and he does stuff a different way and they end up like playing better. So I don't know. It could go either way. It could go up or down. So technically we're still not out. We're still not on a bad season. We're still not out of the playoffs. We're still hanging in there. I mean, odds are that if we do go to the playoffs, we're like a Super Bowl favorite and stuff. So never in the past like five years has it felt like this where it's just like, hey, we just got to wait week after week after week and see how everything goes. But it's scary. Like, this is the scariest it's felt. You know, <laughs> yeah. being a Bills fan, being a Josh Allen fan, the Josh Allen era, like, it's the scariest it felt to like, oh, is this going to go back to the pre-Josh Allen era, you know, to the 50 quarterbacks we went through? Is it just going to be the same situation? It's just going to be a bunch of different coaches. Like, who knows? Yeah, the fear of the unknown is real, especially when it comes to the NFL. And I think the roster was a nice part and thing to mention about the whole roster and getting behind McDermott is not that, you know, Josh Allen's going anywhere or even Ed Oliver, who was pretty staunch in his defense. But Micah Hyde, like if there's a new coach in here and they were like, we don't need this safety around, like this older safety who has injury issues, like this team could be turned over a lot next year. It could be like a reset year to kind of build towards Allen's further prime and everything else with older guys on the defense. I mean, they don't have a lot of cap room, but there are ways that they could you know, save a lot of money on guys and go young or whatever, just bring in different, a different group. If they, something goes wrong at the end of this year, because they've mortgaged the future quite a bit. And I think there's something to that, like staying on the coach and the GM's good side, because then they're going to think better of it when you're trying to get a job again in April or May or March or whenever else. So it's, it's an interesting time. Like you guys, like you guys are saying here for the bills, just in general, we'll get into Cowboys week now, because when these big weeks happen, and, you know, like last year, like there were a lot of big games, but they never felt so consequential to the season. And when the Bills were seven and six coming down the stretch a couple years ago, that first game, I think, was against 
I believe that first game when they were seven and six was either the Panthers or the the Falcons or something. And it was a game that you just you felt really like it was a good chance to win. That they were going to handle it. And then the next week was the Patriots game. And even though the Patriots were a game ahead in the division at that point, the momentum was just rolling and you knew that that, you really felt like the Bills weren't going to lose that one. But here they are. They started six and six to go on this run or try to go on this run. You have the huge emotional win at Kansas City and then they have to they don't have to win out. But a 10 and seven team is likely going to miss the playoffs. And so if there's a week to lose, it would be this week in the NFC to because the Bills are in such a bad situation with these AFC losses. But is this the most consequential regular season game that they've the Bills have had in like the last 23 years, Mike? Because I kind of feel like it is. Hmm. Just and not the and thinking like next week is obviously a must win too. But playing Easton Stick and Bailey Zappi is much different than playing the Dallas Cowboys at home. So just from that perspective as well. It's the most consequential one until Miami happens and depending on how this one goes and the next two ones go and how everything else in the AFC uh, shapes out. For the time being, yeah, it's the most consequential. It's the most urgent one. Uh, And it's one of the more difficult ones. Uh, The Chiefs, of course, can beat you uh, on a good day if their receivers can actually catch a cold or something. But uh, the Cowboys are a little more substantially uh, offensively uh, stacked over there, even if their road uh, record isn't uh, particularly impressive. Um. I think I'm not sure how what what kind of feel I'm going to get for this game until it happens. Uh, It's nice that the Cowboys are coming here. The stadium's going to be rocking. Allen's basically rallying the troops as it is. But I know losing this game, like you said, doesn't have as much consequence as the next three afterwards. But I feel like the wind would be taken out of the the players and the fan sales if we were to lose and not just lose close, but lose like in a blowout. Yeah, it's it's felt like uh, it's feeling like that way. And I, I don't have a good read on it, too. I do want to go through what we think the biggest advantages for each team will be after this. But cons, how do you feel like do you just feel like one of the biggest regular season games that you've gotten ready for? Because I feel like today I'm like, you know, I get ready really starting last night and going into today to do the pot. And I'm like, I'm like, I've really avoided thinking about this game as much as I can so far this week, just because I know the nerves are going to hit at some point when I realize, okay, Bills, Cowboys, see, like playoff hopes on the line. It's nationally televised. Like there's no other game in the Fox slot. Fox is showing this game to a national audience, 430. And just knowing the Bills, like I'm nervous, Cons. That's all I'm saying. I'm getting nervous. So talk me through it. Well, for starters, this is the NFL. So, you know, any given Sunday, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's the name of the game here. And I think as I look deeper and deeper at this game, um, you know, I think, I think Mike McCarthy is, is, is a guy who, you know, he's, he has a Super Bowl ring, but you know, there's times he's had the most potent offense and hasn't gotten past like the wild card round, you know, like, but he knows how to call an offense. And I think the Cowboys definitely have, you know, um, a really good uh, offense. Um, they also have a really good defense, but I think the key, like the key thing that doesn't make me as scared is I think that Josh Allen and Micah Parsons want to meet at midfield. Like, I think that they both really truthfully want to smack each other right up the middle, right up the middle, right up the gut. And I think I'm not nervous. I'm excited because I think it gives the Bills an opportunity to put one of the NFL's best defensive players on skates if they can. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if Josh has another, you know, 15, 20, you know, carry game or whatever astronomical number it is. But I think I'm more excited for that because of that matchup. I want to see Micah Parsons try to take Josh Allen down. And I think Josh Allen wants to run through his face. And I think it'll be a nice competitive matchup. So for me, I'm really excited for this game because I think it's going to either tell us what we've always known about the Bills or tell us a different story about the Bills. But if I'm thinking in terms of the 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 Labrador, that's our 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 quarterback. I know that he's chomping at the bit to get out, out here. And uh, you remember that last Cowboys game? He played completely different team he's playing against, but he eats man in prime time. And uh, you know, I know we've had a couple games where he's looked a little off, but give me Micah Parsons and Josh Allen right at midfield, and let me just see exactly what happens. I'm excited for that matchup. Did you see uh, Micah Parsons' quote uh, that he talked about Josh Allen about? Recite it for us, Mike. You're on a roll today. I want to, I want you to read it to us. Sure. Uh, Micah Parsons compares Josh Allen's playing ability to a college frat star. Quote, you know, Josh really reminds me of that one crazy guy at the frat. You know, the one that makes his friends get all the way drunk and you go, ah, oh, man, I ain't going out with this guy. He just does anything. He's that wild dude on the field, man. He wants to dip his shoulder. He wants to talk trash. He wants to get rowdy. He shoots the beer pong. He aces the cup. I would love to go out, go out to a bar and grill out with Josh Allen for sure. What a, I love Michael what a, what a term of endearment! Like what a great quote! Like yeah, Michael Parsons could have gone any way with that. That's the best way to describe Josh yeah. Allen. He's the guy you go get a beer with, and then when you're in a bar fight, he's the guy throwing the guy across the bar. That's him. Yeah, and uh, at Uber Hansen from Cover One points out, you know, Michael Parsons trash talks everyone, and him praising Josh Allen is all you need to know about what the NFL thinks about him. Perfect, hundred percent. Mm. Yeah. That is the mark. That is a hell of a marquee is Micah Parsons and Josh Allen. I will say that's it's it is going to be a hell of a match up there. Cons Kyle, how are you feeling about Sunday? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, every game is a big game. You know, every week I'm like telling my wife, I'm like, oh, this is a game we got to win. This is a super important game. This is a super important game. It's just like over and over and over and over and over the same story. But I mean, this is a huge game on a bunch of different like aspects like you know, one, two good teams. One, we get to prove ourselves. Uh, double Super Bowl loss, revenge. Uh, Cowboys hot right now. Seven of eight of the best games they won. Josh Allen and Dak, both number one and two in passing touchdowns. Like, there's so many, like, stats, and there's so many things you could say that show that both of these are really good teams where this could be a Super Bowl matchup. Regardless of the fact that, like, yes, we're trying to fight to show that we can keep our playoff hopes alive, beating a team like this shows that if we do beat them, we can win the Super Bowl. You know, so, like, I am super excited. I was super excited about the Chiefs. I was super excited about the Eagles. But this one does hit a little bit different for some reason. So it'll be great to see, like, a lot of players are saying, like, they're all in playoff mentality right now. So, like, this it feels like every single game for the rest of the year is going to feel like a playoff game. And yes, how could you not be excited about Josh Allen and Micah Parsons? That's nuts. <laughs> and what the Bills are the league least amount of sacks allowed. You know, we've only allowed 18 sacks total. Somehow crazy. I don't know what happened with the offensive line. Is Torrance making that big of a difference in McGovern? McGovern coming back to Dallas. Like, this is very exciting. Yeah, but here's the th- real quick thing about because he brought he brought up the offensive line. No matter what they do, <laughs> Josh somehow creates his own pocket. So like, yeah. does it really matter at the end of the day? It's like Mahomes did the same thing. Like I was talking to a friend about it. It's like these guys drop back to pass and then like 
it's like, oh, the pocket's there. Wait, the pocket shifted five yards to the left. And it's like, there's no way of determining what's going on. They just play quarterbacks like how they want to. Or the homes will literally like sprint. Jeez, Allen broke some ankles last week. Yeah, he, he did. did. That broke throw, that throw to Kincaid, where he's just like waiting and just th- moving his arm angle. It's like, okay, you own oh, your arms up. Okay, I'll throw. Like it's so absurd. Mahomes is hilarious, cons, because he'll literally just like start sprinting <laughs> to a spot on the field. Like he sees like the thirty yard line marker. He's like, I'm gonna just run over there. Now this is my spot to throw, and then just throws it, a dime. It's like he waits for Kelsey to like get open. He's like, if I sprint to this left hash, he'll get open. I'll turn and fire it to him. And that's just how they play football. That's just how both. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. They are absurd. Micah Parsons to just if, and I don't know who hasn't watched enough Micah Parsons in their life uh, listening to this podcast, but Micah Parsons came to Penn State as a five-star athlete. He they decided to just put him at middle linebacker for most for part of his career because they're just like you're too good at de- like everything, so we just need you all over the field. And Joe Brady this week said that he played wide receiver in one of their spring camps yeah. and that he was the best wide receiver on the field. Like, that's the kind of dude Michael Parsons is. You just throw him on a football field and he would be a beast no matter what. Could you imagine being like, hey, what do you think of that wide receiver Parsons? What do you mean? He plays middle yeah. linebacker. It's like, and now he's just flying all over the place. That's our, that's our middle linebacker who's going to go top 10 as an edge rusher in the NFL draft. Amazing. No big deal. Yeah, he's a freak. So seeing him and Allen is going to be special. But all right, so we're going to start. We'll start negative and end positive, Mike. That's where we're going. What's the biggest advantage on the field for the Cowboys going into this matchup against the Bills? I'd say, self, this is some self-scouting. That's what we're calling this. I'd say defense. Just taking a look at the overall stats, they had, the Cowboys have the third total defense in the league, Buffalo only 14th. Uh, Dallas does has a, have the fourth scoring defense in the league, but the Bills do have the sixth, so they're not too far behind. Uh, they seem pretty evenly matched offensively. I think the Dallas defense might create a little bit more problems than what, what we're used to. All right. What do you think, Hans? So I think, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to go statistical here, but I'll say that watching the Cowboys the last few weeks, I think the one thing that really is impressive is the fact that not that Josh doesn't know where his players are at all times. But it seems like Dak knows on third and two or he's going with the ball. Like if that's not open, we're going here. And I just feel like the Cowboys on, you know, different spots of the games, the last two games, especially the Eagles game, they have a play that gets them over the hump, right? And they'll just hmm. Oh no. He, I wonder what they'll just oh, sorry. Do. So, sorry. Sorry, froze up there. Yeah, we got you. I think the big thing with the Cowboys is they have like that play that gets them over the hump. You know, you need a third and three. Here's an out route. You know, you got to get two yards. They block effectively. So the, the, the thing going in this game that I'm interested to see is how the bills prepare for that, right? Here's your third and one, make a stop. And I have yet to see the Eagles defense supposed to be one of the best in the NFL. Just couldn't get a stop last week. So um, I'm a little concerned in that area. So I think the biggest advantage is where the Cowboys where Dak knows where all his players are at all times, what he has, you know, Definitely. I, I think that's been a thing. McCarthy taking over play calling this year and kind of tightening that up from their end. And just like, it seems like Dak is like a master of this offense finally. And that's mm-hmm. a great point. Like he just like, he knows all the reads, he knows all the checks and he has the weapons who are just, they're always open. They got some studs out there. CD lamb is like top, one of my favorite receivers. He's been one of my favorite receivers since college. Like I hate Oklahoma as a football team, do not enjoy them, but I loved watching CD lamb and he is, 
finally really coming into his own. What do you think? Don't forget about Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup will drop two passes and catch one clutch one, dude. They always get some. (laughs) That's true. And they always, Jake Ferguson, too. They always have a tight end who is just disgusting in the middle of the field. And Dak seems to find him a ton, too. What do you think, Kyle? What's their biggest advantage going into the Sunday against the Bills? Uh, I mean, I would say momentum. You know, like we have. We have the hunger and the need, but they have the momentum right now. You know, seven of the last eight just came off of a big win over Philly. They're fighting for the conference. Like, they have a lot of confidence right now. You know, and, like, they've, they've been good for a while. They've had a lot of good players for a while, but I feel like the thing they lacked was momentum and confidence. And they have both of those things right now. So they're fighting just like we are, but they're coming off a lot more wins and on a lot higher horse, and they have the momentum going for them right now. So I think that the confidence, the momentum they have going into this game right now, it's going to be tough for us. You know, like we have the momentum. Yeah, we came off a one win, but what would be coming up off of uh, seven of the last eight, Mm -hmm. you know, and beating the Eagles if we would have beat the Eagles and stuff. So it's a big difference, you know, like we're, we're fighting for the same thing. We all want the same thing, but they have more momentum going into it is what I'm like nervous about. Yeah. The, uh, the Cowboys, it's an interesting thing, like just big picture for the Cowboys, because this is like pretty much the same. I feel like it's the same boat we've talked about with the Cowboys year after year, great regular season record. We get into December, they'll go play a game outdoors against some tough team and really get exposed. And then they go in as a lower seed and get smacked up in the divisional round. Like that's really been the story of the Cowboys for the last couple of years. And Cowboys fans seem to think this year is different. Maybe um, I, I, I gave a stat on train wreck tonight that I think there was, there's at least six games over the last three years that the week after uh, that they won by 20 points. They lost that next game. So the Cowboys, this team, this uh, uh, iteration of the Cowboys with Mike McCarthy is prone to letdowns. And if there's a letdown moment, it's be- it's after beating your division rival, the first place team in the division on Sunday night football. But this does feel like a different Cowboys team. The defense has been great this year. Very opportunistic. Deron Bland, I think he's already broken. They're close to breaking the record for pick sixes. Uh, we obviously know Micah Parsons, Stefan Gilmore's having a nice year back there. Uh, so it's going to be a great matchup. I think the Cowboys, my biggest advantage for them, I think, is it's just the way Dak's playing. Dak, like Khan's kind of brought it up, too, with the checks and where he is. Like, Dak is just, Dak's better than he's ever been. And I think he's really elevating this team this year more than he has in the past. And so I'm interested to see. And also CeeDee Lamb just, I think, is really coming into his own, too. But that kind of just has to do with Dak. So now let's go to the positive side, Mike. What is the biggest advantage for the Bills going into the game on Sunday? Uh, Joe Brady's play calling and the emergence of uh, James Cook in the offense as a pass-catching running back. You know, the thing that they've been trying to do for the last two or three years, every time they've gotten like uh, uh, TJ Yeldon or uh, whoever else, and it's supposed to be, you know, uh, I'm blanking on the guy who's hurt now, who scored the touchdowns returning last year. Hines. Hi, Naheem Hines. Yeah. And that's why we got him in the first place. And it took forever for uh, us waiting for him to get integra- integrated in the offense. And here, James Cook coming with uh, 15 total touches this past game, both uh, catches and runs, 141 total yards and a touchdown. He accounted for 40% of the Bills' offensive yards in the Chiefs game, even though he was only on the field for 45% of the offensive snaps. 
And I know Latavius Murray is a good pass blocker, but he's only got, if you bind any PFF grades, he's only got a 34.6 pass blocking grade, at least for this previous game, and that's his worst yeah. season. So I think as long as they utilize James Cook, keep him out there as much as they can, that's going to be the big advantage because the wide receivers aren't doing very good. Uh, Diggs has been facing some pretty stout defenses and some uh, one-on-one defenders uh, against the Jeffs, the the Jets, the Chiefs, and Denver in mm-hmm. particular. Uh, and they, you see them utilizing that perimeter screen that they use, that they tried a couple of times and didn't gain a whole lot. Even drop one, I think maybe two of those. So the wide receivers have been not as productive as usual. We've had to rely on Kincaid and James Cook. And James Cook, he's, uh, I believe, third overall running backs in total yards from scrimmage, seventh overall in all skilled players. He's uh, first in yards per touch among running backs. He's only behind among running backs. He's only nine yards behind Travis Etienne. And, of course, Christian McCaffrey's number one. So – as long as they continue to utilize him, he's going to be the secret weapon going in. And that's the biggest advantage for them. Oh, yeah. What do you think, Hans? I think for me, you know, I keep talking about, you know, I talked about earlier, you know, um, putting Micah Parsons on skates, right? And I think the only way you can do that is by changing the speed of the game. So, you know, I, I, I'm going to use a baseball terminology here. I mean, if you got a guy that's all over your fastball, you got to change it up, right? Throw some off speed. Mm-hmm. And I think the Bills have the ability to do that with James Cook. And I think they have the ability to do that with Latavius Murray, the ability to do that with Josh Allen. So I think what will be interesting to see, and I think the biggest advantage for the Bills is personnel. Right. And I think there's going to be times we're going to see this weekend where James Cook is going to fly down the field and he's going to get you your four or five yards, six yards of carry, which is fine. Um, But I think you're going to see some some um, some Ty Johnson. I think you're going to see some Latavius Murray. Um, And I just I'm, I'm interested to see. I think if Joe Brady is smart enough, he will test just how physically gifted Micah Parsons is. And the way to do that is to really beat the crap out of him. Now, I'm not saying Michael Parsons is a bad player by any means. I think he can handle it. But I think the Bills really need to attack the middle of the field uh, this week, get Dalton Kincaid involved, get Khalil Shakir underneath, and then really spread them out with Cook. And then let it light the lamp with Diggs. I think we're going to see that this weekend. So um, I think the advantage for the Bills is their ability to control the speed of the game at any time with any personnel they put in the game. Can you imagine the hype coming into this game if his brother was on the field and healthy, oh, I know, able to go one on one with his brother? Oh my gosh! And they, of course, we'd be, we'd be asking about his tweets, his vague tweets, both him and his brother. I mean, I'm, I'm almost glad we're spared of that. But uh, Kyle, uh, yeah. what, are your, what are your thoughts? What's the uh, biggest biggest advantage for the Bills going in? Do you think? Um, so I'm gonna say, you know, obviously Josh Allen is the number one advantage, regardless mm-hmm. of anything. Josh Allen, the alien. Doesn't matter who we play, when we play, how we play, how many losses, wins. He's going to come out and give it all. But I would say the running game, which also includes Josh Allen, but also James Cook now. And Latavius Murray being serviceable. Is Fournette going to play? I don't know. But definitely the running game, Josh Allen. We're putting up the most. Like, this is the best year we've had rushing in years. You know, like. We're almost leading the league and yards and rushing. And when's the last time you can even recall saying that? Like maybe Marshawn Lynch, uh, LaShawn McCoy. So definitely running game. And then I think tight ends. I think Dalton Kincaid has shown that he can be a slot receiver, a T1. But now with Knox coming back 
and having Kincaid there and having two tight ends and two different options to dump the ball off to on top of James Cook playing phenomenal and dumping the ball to him. Like, I really think it's going to be the short game. It's going to be running the ball and it's going to be dump offs to the tight ends and James Cook. And I think that's going to open up the entire offense. And we're not going to have another terrible, you know, like week on wide receivers and them not getting yards. But I think really, truly running backs, tight ends are going to open up the whole field. And I honestly do think the offense is going to explode. And yeah, we're coming off of a win last time we played on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys. And last time we played in Orchard Park, we beat the Cowboys. So we should win this game too. But I'm very excited to see like how many points we could put up. It could be a high scoring game in general, but I'm really excited to see, you know, Kincaid get another touchdown. I've been rocking the Kincaid jersey since day one. Hey. First day, I got so many jerseys, and I just keep rocking Kincaid. And, you know, I'm about to try and do a deal with a Q collar here. I was like, what's that thing on his neck he's wearing every <laughs> Q collar. He does love that thing. Uh, so I think that we're all on the same page, like, with with James Cook being such a huge part of this offense and being excited what we saw last week. And you saw them. They tried to unlock him, too, in Philly, too. Like, he has a touchdown catch, very similar to, like, the, to the one he would have had. The one to the one he had last week, he, uh, and if it wasn't for that driving rainstorm, they were in. I think my biggest advantage. You guys all made a lot of uh, a lot of great points about what the advantages are for the Bills. I think the biggest advantage is being at home and making that Cowboys team play outdoors. They have two losses outdoors. It's a team that struggled outdoors late in the year, pretty much in the whole Dak Prescott tenure. Uh, and I really think that this game being in Buffalo, the way that crowd's going to be on a a mid-December I can't believe it I'm look I looked at the just looked at my date in the corner of my computer I'm like damn it's about to be December like 17th on Sunday I don't know where this time has gone but mid-December game I, I'm I feel so much more confident going into this game than last week just because the Bills at home seem like a different team especially this year and uh I'm excited to see what the what the fans bring and what that kind of does to Dak Prescott and that high-powered offense because they're going to need all the help they can get because that them boys can put up some points it is gonna be high flying no matter what i think um all right so let's wrap this up we're gonna go rapid fire around the horn start with mike go around i just want pick you don't have to pick against the spread i have the spreads up for these including the bills game which will make our final prediction at the end four other important afc games that we're all going to be paying attention to really just saturday saturday is like the afc day uh, and a, an extremely important day to the Bills playoffs. So it's going on for it. So right, we're just going to go down and, and give our predictions for them. Mike, Vikings at Bengals Saturday afternoon. Uh, the Vikings are on a quarterback carousel right now. And the Bengals without Joe Burrow actually seem pretty competent. So I'll take, I'll take the Bengals with the three points. Kanzi. I'm going to take the Vikings. I believe Justin Jefferson's coming back, right? And yeah, uh, but you need someone to throw to him. Yeah, I, I think they can get the ball to him. So I, I think the magic of Jake Browning has, uh, has, has worn out its welcome. I'm going to take the Vikings in this game. Hmm. All right. And they're also fighting. I mean, they're only two games back in the division. They have two games with the Lions. Like, this is an extremely vital game for the Vikings, too. What do you got there, Kyle? Yeah, same. I'm going Vikings. Jefferson back and Browning coming off his first start. I feel like, you know, just like Dobbs when he first started, they come in. Defenses don't know what they're looking for, per se. 
one game, one week of studying and watching the tape and stuff. Second, third week, it's going to wear off. I think it's going to be a big game for the Vikings. And as long as somebody can just like screen pass the ball to Jefferson, he's going to have a massive. <laughs> Uh, Mike, you can text uh, all of us in this chat when the Bengals win and tell us "told you so." I'm I I won't get mad. You can. Lose <laughs> <laughs> Cincinnati. I can tell you as a Jordan Addison fantasy owner, his production has gone down the last three weeks. I I don't even have him in the starting lineup. Better well, yet, just send me a middle finger, Mike. I'll know exactly what you mean. That's <laughs> not a big deal. That's amazing. I'm picking the. I'm also picking the Bengals mostly because I need Jake Browning to pull out a big performance for my fantasy team. Exactly. So this is completely biased and nothing football related, just manifesting. Uh, By the Steelers, way, five uh, percent uh, New York Times playoff machine swing for the Bills in that Minnesota Cincinnati game. Oh. Yeah, it's a big deal. You can't be ruined for your fantasy team when you're <laughs> going to the playoffs. Steelers at Colts, Mike. Uh, the Steelers are just – they're Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, one week they'll pull off some improbable win despite their offensive ineptitude, and the next week they lose to the Patriots, but I guess we can relate in some ways. Mm. Uh, the Colts, I don't even know what identity they have anymore. Um, uh, the Steelers are eventually going to have their winning season, so I guess I'll just take the Steelers. All right. Kanzi. Min me? No, Min Shu. Gardner Minshew, <laughs> what a heck of a pickup for me in fantasy football, but not fantasy related. <laughs> that guy is a gunslinger. I love him. I love the headband, the mustache, the whole thing about him. The Steelers are so bad. I believe, uh, was it that Jake Browning or whatever quarterback filled in has just as many touchdowns as Kenny Pickett this year? So give me the Colts. I feel bad saying that about Mitchie Biscuits, but sorry, bud. Colts, give me the Colts. Kyle. Yeah, I thought you just sneezed when you said Minshew. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Overall, it's going to be brutal to watch. Like, Minshew just got a really big hit last week. And, you know, I don't know. Is he in concussion protocol? Is he okay and cleared to play or not? But overall, they're they're both pretty tough to watch. They're both up and down every single week. They both have different players that show up one week and then don't. Like, Zach Moss for the Colts. Like, who would have thought? crazy some weeks and some weeks just terrible so Insane, i don't know i'm gonna i'm just gonna put it all on tj watt and say the steelers i'm just gonna say steelers defense wow. it's another low scoring game but the steelers are gonna pull it off as a uh, your name tree likes to say the high-end talent and the steeler bullshit will come through in the end <laughs> thanks <pretty> mike <laughs> i'm picking the steelers too for that as you said it perfectly this is a. Uh, this is why the Bills need to make the playoffs because we can't put America through the Steelers or the Colts in one of these wild card weekends, and not America, me. Like I don't want to watch one of these teams on wild card weekend. There's no way. All right, Broncos at Lions Saturday Whoa. night. This is a crazy game. Like I don't know. I don't know what to expect, honestly. Uh, seven percent uh, New York Times playoff swing for this one. Um, the Lions are another one of those teams that once you think they're getting good, all of a sudden the wheels come off. And the Broncos looks like that uh, our loss to them as fluky as it was at the end of that particular game was no fluke as far as how how good the Broncos have been looking. Uh, I don't know. I four and a half for the Lions. I think that's a bit much. I'll take the Broncos at least to cover. I'll tell you what. Do not bet against Jared Goff and Dan Campbell. That's what I'm going to say. Motor City going to motor through Russell Wilson with his Subway commercial. 
the Lions. Give me the Lions, baby. Jared Goff, never, ever, ever bet against my boy, Jared Big Time Goff. Not a Danger Witch fan, Cons? I was until I found out he does <laughs> running in place on a private plane. Take a nap. Yeah, bro. that's take a nap. <laughs> Kyle, what you got? Yeah, I mean, I thought you sneezed, but I guess you got just golfed, you know. So I'm I'm definitely <laughs> going lines two all day, just like you said, Dan Dan Campbell, Motor City all day. Um, I don't think Russell Wilson is going to keep getting bailed out by 70-yard bombs to Carlos Sutton and getting lucky on these ridiculous catches. It's not going to happen in every single game. So I think Goff's going to hang in there. He's going to bounce back, and Campbell's going to outcoach him. So I'm going Lions. All right. Yeah, we're, we're sweeping the board. Blake Erie bros. We got we to gotta stay with them. This is a – we got to do it. Jets at Dolphins. <laughs> I have never had so much fun watching a Monday night end of a Monday night football game than I did the other night. I did not think we'd be talking about this. I did not think we'd be here, but this is, I don't know what this Dolphins team is going to look like this week. I really don't. What do you think, Mike? I think the Jets defense and if, yeah. What what what's his, what's the Jets quarterback <laughs> name this week? As it Zach is Wilson. Zach Wilson. Okay, he's back, right? And he was actually feeling himself so much that they actually named him Player AFC oh Offensive Player of the Week. My God, I was like, what? Him the and Tommy new- Cutlets, the AFC and NFC Offensive Players of the Week. What multiverse did we fall into? Okay, That's crazy. Uh, but if he's feeling himself and the Jets defense is still as stout as it ever was. And if Tyreek Hill's literally losing a step or, God forbid, he doesn't even play in this game, I actually take the Jets. Ooh, I can see Gods. So if you look at if you look at the injury report for this game, it's like everyone's dropping like flies. You know, um, I think you got, what, Austin Jackson, Andrew Van Ginkle, like everybody's all over the place. But the one quote that stands out to me and that I loved – and I, and I shouldn't say this because I shouldn't say I even love what Zach Wilson says. He says, what's the worst they're going to do? Bench me? And when <laughs> someone has nothing to lose, watch Big out. Big replacements baby. energy there. Give me Zach Wilson and the goddamn Jets. That's a great quote. Oh, my God. Self-aware of Zach Wilson. Who would have thought we'd get there? Whew. That's amazing. We got Kyle. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm picking all these teams because I want the Bills to go to the playoffs. So, <laughs> you know, last you week, obviously, I turned off the game versus the Titans. You know, I missed that comeback at the end right after. I'm like, dude, like, how full of themselves are the Dolphins doing all these celebrations? Stuff? Like, you're playing the Titans. Give them a break. Like, who cares? And then for them to come back and get bit by it, on top of all the injuries they have, Tyreek Hill getting married and doing like promotions and got stuff going on on the side and stuff. Mm. I think they just hit such a high that they're due for the low. And I think the low is going to hit really hard. And they said a lot about it. Like McDaniel's just out there telling him just have fun and do all this stuff. But this is a time where like coaching and playing hard throughout the whole year and being focused comes to matter. And like between that and the injuries, I, I just think they've had their fun and like some people are predicting, like they might lose a few of the next games and, you know, lose out and the bills might swap spots. So I'm definitely, I'm going jets. 
And yeah, Zach Wilson, obviously, you know, Aaron Rodgers, maybe he's going to come back and stuff. The Jets defense, Zach Wilson actually played a really good game. I don't know. Def, definitely Jets all day. Aaron Rodgers, I swear to God. If Aaron Rodgers comes back next week, I can't even. Yeah, I, know. I don't even know. But the, the, the Dolphins, like, they could they they have a lot of injuries. Their center is out for the season now, which from what I understand from my Dolphins uh Dolphins Twitter uh that people that I follow on there, it's they says that would be a bigger loss than Tyreek, honestly, with the way he's kind of affected that offensive line. Mm. And getting that interior pressure into Tua is so important. Um, so who knows? Maybe this is a like you're saying, maybe this is just a reeling Dolphins team. And it's if they slip up here, it's hosting the Cowboys at the Ravens, hosting the Bills. We obviously know that. Like there's, if the Cowboys are as good as we gave the Cowboys so much respect and talked about all the problems they're going to present for the Bills, they're doing that same damn thing for the, the Dolphins, even if it's outdoors in Miami next week. And that Ravens team, I think is the best. It's been either the best or the second best team in the league all year long. I've got, I've got tweets saying that the Ravens are the best team in the NFL. Like I'm so high on this Ravens team. The defense is stout and Lamar is one of one. And I think that, I don't. I do definitely. Don't, I give them a lot better chance against the Cowboys personally than I do against the Ravens. But that loss against the Titans just opened the door so much, and now they think they've kind of, like you said, feel that pressure a little bit. I'm definitely taking the Jets to cover. I think this is a battle for the Dolphins, but I think the Dolphins kind of sneak it away. All right, let's give our Bills Cowboys predictions. We talked enough about this game. I want to hear where you guys are at. Put your put your money where your mouth is. Thursday night, seven fifty six Eastern, six fifty six Central. What you got, Mike? Uh, the Cowboys have been pretty stout defensively uh, three of the last four games. They gave up like 35 points to the Seahawks, but otherwise have been keeping all the other teams under 17 points. Uh, I expect us to score more than that. Mm. But unfortunately, uh, I, I can't pick with my heart. I got to go with the Cowboys. No, Mike. It's not like I'm manifesting no, I anything. I don't have I that know. kind of power. <laughs> I know. It just, I, that I, yeah, no, you got it. I mean, unless the refs want to come to our rescue and put Josh Allen in the playoffs, save us, NFL refs. Hey, they did us a solid last week. That's for sure. True. Both with the with the Tony play and also with Latavius Murray uh, catching that pass from mm. Josh Allen. But what do you think, Hans? Listen. The fact that Josh Allen isn't even being mentioned in the same sentence as MVP right now should piss mm-hmm. Bills fans off and this team wholeheartedly. And I know every time everyone always says two quarterbacks will square off against each other. They're not actually playing each other, but this is a statement game for Josh Allen. And if we go back to the Eagles game, he accounted for what was it? 99.9% of the Bills offense. I, if this is a game where he's going to completely take over and generate this offense the way he knows how, this is the game to do it. Now, a lot of people say, would you sacrifice a playoff appearance for Josh to win the MVP? Well, let's face it. If the Bills don't make the playoffs, Josh isn't winning the MVP. So let's not even think, let's not even talk about that right now. What we're talking about is if there's one game on this schedule, where Josh Allen has to play the best football of his career. It's this weekend, and I'm taking the Bills because Josh Allen is going to once and for all prove to the naysayers that he's that dude. And sorry, Stephon Diggs, but Josh Allen is actually him. Mm-hmm. He's him. Bills, baby. I love it. What you got, Kyle? 
Yeah, I'm going Bills as well. Uh, I, I think both teams are going to score two to three touchdowns each. But I think a lot of field goals are going to be kicked too. I think there's going to be a lot of red zone appearances. And I think not only has Josh Allen proven himself like he does week after week, but I think it's time for Tyler Bass to reprove himself before the playoffs and show that he's our guy forever. And I think that Bass is probably going to kick three field goals and Dallas is only going to have like two field goals. So I think we're going to win by like three points, but I think, I think it's going to be a, a, a red zone matchup and we're just going to kick more field goals to win the game. Uh, I do think the football gods were definitely on the Bills side last week with the calls, with the, the blow blowing of the winds anything whatever you want to say like the bills getting catching breaks after a season of getting no breaks is not something that's lost on me and you create your own luck to a certain point cons like you said josh allen knows <laughs> this this does feel like a josh allen like legacy statement moment he really doesn't shy away from these uh and he usually comes out if not on top playing some of the best football of his life in these games um, and this is a team, this is a Cowboys team who a couple weeks ago, even at home, what was it? They let up 35 points to the Seattle Seahawks. So I feel like the Bills offense can move up and down the field. Truthfully, I think this is going to be one of the most heart-wrenching Bills games. Not in a bad, maybe in a bad way, maybe not. But I think it's going to be high-powered, back and forth, stressful, tense the whole time. I have the Bills catching another break from the football gods with a 34 to 31 win, a Tyler Bass field goal with under two minutes and Brandon Aubrey coming down to tie the game who is 30 for 30 on the year, missing his first field goal in Western New York of the season. Whoa, and that's how the Bills man. walk out. Whoa. He's going to pull Gary Anderson. He's pulling. Yep. He's pulling Gary Anderson. He's going to miss it. First one of the year. And that's how the Bills will escape. I mean, the football gods still owe us. You know, they, they gave us one. They still owe us a couple more. This is it. And then you got Easton Stick and Bailey Zappi. Like, that's all we need to think about, man. You be, you win this Cowboys game and you're Easton Stick and Bailey Zappi away from a potentially division championship game in Week 18. Like, that's that's where we're, we really could be at. And I don't want to look ahead too much, but I, I feel very strongly that if the Bills get by this game and the way the, the schedules work out, that we're going to be week 18 in Miami, yep. probably Sunday night. Or they can also, guys, just warning, fair warning, they can flex a Monday night, a game to Monday night as well. It could be Monday night, week 18. Well, good. Not, then not, not Monday when night, they, week 18. There's no Monday nights. I thought it was – they, they can, is it only week 17? They can flex, they can flex the Sunday night. Game. Oh, well, either 17 or 18, they can flex one to Monday listen, night. They were just saying it. So I was worried that it would listen, be 18, but maybe you're on. Every every weekend's a flex for the boy Josh Allen. Every weekend's a flex. <laughs> I'm talking about. I'm too big. I'm too big. <laughs> yeah, that was. I'm too big. That's, that's, that's a man who's feeling himself. That is for sure. What a dog. Yeah, I can't wait to do this game Sunday. Runs. Will Levis, get out of here. Josh Allen pushed 14 guys seven yards. Come on. <laughs> give him the scepter, bro. All right, guys. We paid the bills. See you Sunday. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.